No matter what happens in your life, no matter what trials come, no matter what heartache is there, no matter what is up or what is down, if you're going after the Beatitudes, you know without a doubt, with total certainty, that you are pursuing God's will. You are pursuing that which God blesses. And that's so exciting. That's what frees us then from distractions from other things as we know Jesus says he blesses this life. And that's what we need in our lives. It's not a maybe. It's not, should I flip a coin or what should I do? God says, do this. Hi again, listeners, and welcome to Live in the Light. Thankful, as always, that you have joined us. Hey, joining us also in our studios today is our teacher, Pastor Robbie Simons. And Robbie, I'm glad you're here because we're in the middle of a series in the Beatitudes. Great teaching from this, looking at the life that God blesses. And today's message, well, it's it's an awesome one. The title of it, Happy Are the Unhappy. Can you explain more? Yeah, kind of needs an explanation, doesn't it? So happy are the unhappy. And let me just say, as we, again, kind of get into the beginning uh, messages within this series, the life-changing sermon given by Jesus Christ himself on the mount, just how powerful it is and really how backwards it is to the thinking of the world. And today's message, again, is no exception. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. So that's where the title comes from. Jesus says, blessed, happy, are those who ultimately are unhappy or mourning now. But listen, listen, comfort is coming and joy comes in the morning is what the Bible tells us as well. So I wonder how many people this relates to even at this very moment. You're listening here appointed by God. I want you to know that too, that God has brought you here by his appointment to speak to you, to love you, to comfort you, to teach you, to, to, to correct you, and to bless you. That in itself is amazing. And he wants to take this word today and do that. And just loved ones, just um, just know we love hearing from you as God works in you. It helps us to understand again why we're doing this and the purpose of being uh, on the radio with your support and care and encouragement. So please don't hesitate to reach out to us and let us know how God is speaking to you, particularly during a series like this, which has so much potential for life transformation. All right, friends, and if you do want to reach out to us, we'd love to hear from you, as Robbie said. All the information about our contact is available for you at the end of our program today. All right, so it's not a popular life. It's not an easy life. It's not always comfortable, but it's the life that God blesses. Today, happy are the unhappy. Let's go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 4, and join up again with Robbie. All right, let's get our Bibles open to Matthew, Matthew chapter 5. We'll be looking at Matthew chapter 5, verse 4 today. We're the second week in our series called uh, The Life That God Blesses. By the way, anyone glad you showed up at church today? Anyone? Anyone? Amen. Amen. Me too. Me too. And I pray that only continues on. The Life That God Blesses. This is a life-changing study in the Beatitudes found in Matthew chapter 5. Um, I want to remind us as to why this series is so powerful, or at least why this series has the potential to be so powerful. We, we got to see it this way. Um, the exhortation we are receiving from Jesus Christ as he preaches this sermon from Matthew chapter 5 in the Beatitudes. Here's I, ha- I have to see it. The exhortation we are receiving from Jesus is the will of God guaranteed. 
It's guaranteed to be the life that God blesses. It's guaranteed to be uh, the will of God for our lives. And, and when you realize it in that way, when you see it as it truly is from God's word, it becomes powerful. It becomes so comforting. Here's why. If you take the Beatitudes at face value and you decide that your life is going in this direction and you push everything else to the side, here's what you know. No matter what happens in your life, no matter what trials come, no matter what heartache is there, no matter what is up or what is down, if you're going after the Beatitudes, you know without a doubt, with total certainty, that you are pursuing God's will. You are pursuing that which God blesses. And that's so exciting. That's what frees us then from distractions from other things as we know Jesus says he blesses this life. And that's what we need in our lives. It's not a maybe, it's not, should I flip a coin or what should I do? God says, do this. If you follow this pattern, you will be blessed. So if you're like me, there are times in life where you just want to get organized. Anyone here likes to be organized? Anyone? 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 Yeah, there's more of you than that too. Anyways, so on my desk as well, um, sometimes it just gets too cluttered. And you're like, this has to go on the shelf. This has to go in the cabinet. This has to go in the drawer. Time to get everything off the desk. And I need to focus just on this. And if you're like me in that time, that's what this series is. Let's move all the stuff to the side. Let's get it all off the desk. And now it's time to focus on this. That's this series. This is the Beatitudes. If you just are determined to live out this character in your life for this attitude to become who you are and what you desire to be, you are guaranteed blessing in the things of the Lord. Too many people don't see it this way. Too many people forfeit God's true blessing upon their lives. Why? Because it's hard, but it's blessed. And that is what God promises will be so. Matthew chapter five, verse four. Let me just ask the Lord to truly bless this time. Father in heaven, I pray that you will bless, oh God. Father in heaven, I pray that you will take this time right now and you will use it in great ways for your glory, oh Lord. God, I pray that you will help us to see with clarity, with conviction and with comfort these truths will add up to so much for you, in you, and through you. Please, God, may this service be a time of such change and life, we pray. In Jesus' name, you agree? Amen. Amen. Okay, Matthew chapter 5, verse 4 says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. What a beatitude. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. So, so, you could say that verse three follows into verse four or verse three and four go together. And by the way, as we're going through the Beatitudes, what a great time to memorize the Beatitudes. Amen? Like if, if we believe these are important as Jesus says they are, then we're gonna want them to be in our mind and our heart. We're gonna wanna memorize them. I'm, I'm tired of being put to shame by my kids in Awana, all right? It's time to step up a little bit as adults and say, wait, we can memorize a couple of verses too. I mean, verse three, right, right, right? Blessed are the poor in spirit, right? Here's God pretty going on. For theirs is the, Oh, they beat you there too, man. All right, so they got some stuff memorized over here. We can do better and we can do better. And today is, blessed are those who, oh man, I set you up so well. We still need some more participation. Blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. So that's two, you got, well, some of us got two verses down and we can keep building on that. Again, if we have it in our minds, in our hearts, the Holy Spirit can pull it out at any time when we need it the most. Let's try to do that. Verses three and verses four, they go together. Here's the reason. Uh, verse three, blessed are the poor in spirit. That means I understand I am broken in my sin. That's not poor physically. That's poor in spirit spiritually. 
That means I have the attitude of I am broken in my sin when compared to a holy God. So verse three is, if that's my attitude, verse four then says the proper emotion that accompanies that attitude is mourning. If I really see myself compared to a holy God as someone who is stained and in wretched sin, it breaks me. It, it, it results in an emotion of mourning over the fact that I cannot get to God on my own and in my sin. Let's be very clear of this. Mourning here is not referring to the loss of a loved one. It's not the type of mourning the Bible's talking about here. Rather, mourning is the reality and the devastation of my sin and the sin of others, which causes offense to God. Let's remember, loved ones, that the entire Bible, this is important, the entire Bible written from Genesis chapter three and on is God's plan of action and love to reunite his people, to reunite his creation to himself. The whole Bible really is called the, the story of redemption. The Bible is written to tell us how from sin on, God created the world, sin enters the world. Now God is saying, this is how I'm reuniting that which I've created again to myself to restore it into its original intent in the way it should be. So whether it's the Pentateuch, which is the first five books of the Bible, whether it's the history books and Kings or Chronicles, uh, whether it's some of the major prophets like Isaiah or Jeremiah, whether it's the gospels that we're in right now, whether it's the epistles in the New Testament, all of this is written to tell us here is God's plan to overcome sin for his glory. Look at it this way. Think of the two most um, um, historically uh, famous celebrated holidays in history. Uh, it's, it's Christmas and it's Easter. I mean, worldwide, there's, there's no argument to that and it still is to this day. Think about what Christmas is. Christmas is the advent, it's the appearing of God's plan and solution for sin. That's what Christmas is. This is why I love Christmas so much. Christmas is the incarnation. Christmas is God saying, I have sent my son to begin to live a perfect life where he will eventually die for the sins of people. So Christmas is such a big deal. Man, now, I like Christmas trees. Um, I like eggnog. Mm -mm, all right, I like Christmas songs and Christmas presents under the tree. But Christmas is Simeon holding baby Jesus in the temple. And he says, God, my eyes are holding and have seen your salvation. The solution to sin is here. He's come. He will die for us. We are ready to be set free from that which plagues us and sends us to death apart from God. But your answer's here. Your love is here. Your grace is here. Man, that's why I love Christmas. You gotta be fired up for Christmas in the right ways. Christmas is amazing. It's so awesome because again, God's saying, I'm gonna save you. That's why the angels sing. That's why the shepherds run. That's why Mary stands in awe because all of them understand that here it is. Sin is about to be conquered through the gift of God, through his one and only son for everyone who believes in him. Christmas is the advent of God's plan to overcome sin. What's Easter then? Easter is Good Friday, God's payment for sin through his son. Unbelievable. And Easter Sunday is God's defeat of sin as Jesus Christ is raised from the dead. The two most important events in history, two most important holidays, which by the way, the root of holiday is Holy Day. The two most important Holy Days all surround God's plan to overcome our biggest problem, sin, ourselves. 
And that is why Matthew chapter five, verse four then is so critical. Blessed are those who mourn, you see? Blessed are those who can see their greatest need, who can see their greatest problem, who mourn and grieve over their sin for they shall be comforted. So in my Bible, beside verse four in Matthew chapter five, I wrote, grieve over sin. Because I don't wanna forget that. That's what this means. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who grieve over their sin. Now, what I've said so far will trigger many questions. Let's try to get some of those probably great questions answered. Let's try it by doing this. Um, number one, I need a sound theology of mourning. I need a sound theology of mourning. So look at verse four again. Verse four is literally saying, uh, happy are those who mourn. How crazy is that? Happy are those who mourn. Remember, uh, the word blessed is fundamentally uh, translated happy in the ancient Greek. Happy, blessed, fulfilled, truly blessed are. So, so truly and divinely blessed people are those who mourn. John Stott says, you could say this way then, happy are the unhappy. What? Happy, Jesus is saying, blessed, happy are those who are unhappy. Now, now that's just kind of crazy. Now, Jesus here, I love when he does this. He's trying to mess people up. And I love when Jesus does that. He's, he's reaching out to those people who truly want him, who truly want his ways, who will see the way that he sees. And he's like, happy are the unhappy. Can't you imagine like people as they gathered around him, as he's preaching this message on the Mount of Beatitudes, can't you imagine their reactions as he says, happy are the unhappy? What did he just say? What? what? Blessed are those who mourn because they would be so shocked because this is the antithesis of our world. The antithesis of our world is, is blessed are those who are happy, not blessed are those who are unhappy. What does our world say? Our world says, um, um, blessed are those who win lotteries. Without a doubt, no shame. The world says that point blank all the time. Happy are those who acquire a lot of money. That's most of what our world, our society seems to revolve around. Um, our world says, happy are those who travel a lot. Happy are those who get to see neat places in the world. You will be fulfilled as you get to travel. Our world says, happy or blessed are those who own new cars, who get to smell the smell of a new car. That'll make you happy. That's what our world says. You know, just this week, it came across a very famous car company and this is one of their slogans. One of their slogans says this, we don't just make cars, we make joy. Really? Hey, I'm not making this stuff up, man. That's what they, we don't just make cars, we make joy. So I was intrigued by this. I had to click on this advertisement and I watched it. And I gotta, I gotta admit, it was kind of enticing. I mean, people driving these cars, they were like, <laughs> you know, and like, they're, they, they look really, really happy, you know? And the kids in the back seat, they're doing their homework and they're smiling like this, you know? And the other kids are changing their own diapers. It was amazing, you know? And there they are and they're, they're so joyful. So I'm like, wow, that's amazing. They don't just make cars, they make joy. I gotta check this stuff out. So, so I purposely watched out for this model and make of car this week and I looked for the people driving them. And I gotta tell you, I was a little disappointed. Some of them, they just look kind of blah, and some people fly to look pretty darn grumpy, all right? Why? Because only Jesus Christ can make true joy. Only the Lord Jesus Christ, and he'll do it in a way the world never expects. Listen, listen, all of us are tempted every day to pursue paths of joy that are false, to, to, to pursue paths of happiness that, that don't add up, that are empty. Every single one of us, even today, we are tempted to believe in lies of the evil one that say we will be fulfilled if we do such. It's not true. Jesus said to all of that, Jesus like, in your face, Jesus says, happy are the unhappy. 
What? Blessed, he says, are those who mourn. Blessed are those who mourn. Happy are those who mourn. Jesus says today, today, your people here, you are here to hear this. And that God will give you eyes and hearts to believe and see. He says, you are truly blessed as you choose the pathway of mourning, which leads again to true blessing. A lot of questions are coming up out of this. I get that. Let's try to distinguish what biblical mourning is. Uh, Two ways we wanna do that. First, I need to, point 1A will be this. Um, I need to mourn over personal sin. There's mourning over personal sin. This is what's most important to you as an individual before God Almighty, that you will mourn over your personal sin. It's the truth that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. See, see, God created this world to be in perfect harmony with himself. But what happened? Genesis 3 happened. Sin entered the world through the temptation of Satan, but Adam and Eve, their fault, they chose that they wanted to be like God. They strayed away. And the moment they take the apple, the moment they disobey God, the moment they try to be like God, sin enters the world. And at that moment, sin enters the world. The harmony of God is broken. And that's why the earth is cursed because of sin entering the world. That's why we have tornadoes and hurricanes. That's why we have flooding. That's why we have to toil the land with such energy to try to get crops from it. Uh, This is why you and I will die. This is why we age. This is why we get sick. This is why we fight illnesses. This is why we have weeds again in our gardens because of the curse of sin upon man. This is why every single person will die physically. It wasn't supposed to be that way but these are the effects of a fallen world. These are the effects of going against the Lord in our sin. Think of the reality. Think of the true devastation. God is perfect. God is perfect love. God is perfect holiness. God is the absence of anything evil. God is the absence of anything impure. And you get a sense of God and you see how great and awesome he is, but we try to get to God because if we're with him, we are safe. We are secure. We are made whole. We are made new. We are rescued from all our own sin. We try to get to God on our own, but we can't because of the that has been made from sin originally with God, but sin comes in. We are separated now and we are here and God is here and we try so hard to run and jump over the chasm, but we can't. Doesn't matter how many good deeds, doesn't matter how many prayers you pray, doesn't matter what you do, you can't get to God. You will always fall down in the chasm of sin leading to death. That's the problem. And the person who sees that, the person who sees God is so awesome, but I can't do it in myself. This is when brokenness becomes. And what you need to get there is you need to see that all have sinned, including yourself, and you need to admit it's your fault. You have to get to the place where you take responsibility for your own sin. And if you don't think you've sinned, just ask someone you live with. And if they're honest, they'll say, yeah, I live with someone. I live with a couple of people. I live with a one-year-old. Now, her name is Bliss. Now, that's a hard name to live up to sometimes, isn't it? Especially when you're one. So I got to admit, Bliss, a lot of the time, she's happy. She's got a great smile. She's a feisty little girl, all right? But sometimes my nickname for her isn't Bliss, but rather it's Blizzerable, all right? Because sometimes she is, she's blizzardable. And like, here she goes. And if she doesn't get what she wants and she decided that it's not working out according to her sovereignty, she will throw herself back on the floor, bang her head and go into crying. And that's what she decides to do. Listen, it might surprise you, but I didn't teach that to her. All right, all right. She has found out a way on her own. Why? Because fundamentally she is a sinner. 
Now, no, Bliss, if you listen to this message later on, like, Daddy loves you, okay? <laughs> I, I love you, but here's the reality. Bliss, you're a sinner, and you'll say, yeah, Dad, so are you, amen. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Here's the point, though. It's our fault. Sin is our fault. And only the people who see their sin for what it is and that it has offended a holy God and not blaming someone else and not trying to admit that there's nothing wrong, only the people who see that in light of God's holiness, they begin to mourn. And as they mourn, they move on the path to grace and comfort. See, this is the, this is the backwards. This is how crazy, how beautifully this is in God's plan. When you mourn, you actually become happy. The sadder you become in your own state, the more you are fulfilled with the state of God upon your life. The more you can admit you need him, the more you will see the fullness of God growing in your life. Think about how the Bible portrays this. Isaiah and his vision of God in the temple of Isaiah chapter six and the train of God's robe fills the temple and Isaiah senses the holiness of God in just a smidge. And what does he say? He says, woe is me. Woe is me, he says, just trembling and shouting. I am a man of unclean lips. That's his response to the glory of God. Peter in the boat, when Jesus pulls in a miraculous amount of fish and something in that moment, it, it clicked with Peter. He is God, I am not. And Peter says, depart from me for I am a sinful man, O oh Lord. What's going on there? There's a boat and there's fish. He's sensing the glory of Jesus Christ, that he's the radiance of the glory of God. And he's like, you are so far different. I'm not worthy even to be in your presence. Depart from me for I'm a sinner, he says, oh Lord. Think of David in Psalm 51 and after his sin with Bathsheba, against you and you only have I sinned, oh God. He says, I have been brought forth in the iniquity from my mother's womb. Think of the sinful woman in Luke chapter seven. I love this story so much. The sinful woman weeping at the feet of Jesus, bawling her eyes at why? Understanding the mourning of her sin. And we'll get to this in a moment. Also understanding the supernatural grace of God that is meeting her in her mourning over her sin. See, all these examples contain sorrow. But listen, listen, a sorrow that will lead to joy, to big time joy. We've got to distinguish this though. This is not worldly sorrow. This is godly sorrow. You say, what's the difference? Worldly sorrow, I've seen this a lot within my office in the last several years. Worldly sorrow is I am weeping and crying right now because my life is messed up because my life is not going the way I wanted it to go. Therefore, I am sad. God, make my life better according to my desires. I'm weeping, that's worldly sorrow. Worldly sorrow is I've been hurt. Godly sorrow is, I have hurt God. Worldly sorrow is, I'm offended from what's happening to me. Godly sorrow is, my sin has offended the Lord. This is the absolute turning point to seeing true life take place in someone's life. You say, you got a verse for that? Uh-huh. Second Corinthians chapter seven on the screen for you. Here it is, here it is. Here, look, look, look. For godly grief, godly soul, good sorrow, produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret. There's no regret. Godly grief is, God, I've sinned against you. Then you welcome his grace and love. You see the cross of Christ bearing fruit in your life. You are changed forever. But worldly grief or worldly sorrow produces death. Why? Because worldly sorrow does not see the reality of what's most important. Worldly sorrow says, I want it to be my way. I don't, I'm not really sorrow, sorrowful that I have sinned against God. 
So the one leads to life and the one leads to death. And notice how that verse ends. It says, for see what earnestness this godly grief has produced in you. You see that there? You see there? It's godly sorrow which produces passion. It's godly sorrow which produces a, I'm all in. Like, do you see the baptisms today? Did you hear what they're saying? They are saying a godly sorrow against the Lord. They are saying my sin made a separation between me and God. My sin was destroying my life. But then I saw that God wants to love me and forgive me and he embraces me. And now they're all saying, and from here on, I'm going all in for Jesus Christ. That's only godly sorrow. Worldly sorrow will not produce that at all. Now, a good question at this moment could be like, okay, so, so, and I got this question, I was in Chicago this week with some training, some pastors down there in the HBF training center. And one of the guys were talking something about this. And one of the pastors asked, hey, Robbie, does this mean that I beat myself up all the time? Where does the love of God come in? That's like really, really, some of you are asking that right now. Am I supposed to walk around to say, woe is me, woe is me? In a sense, yes. But here's the thing. When you truly get the morning of sin, it always comes to comfort. See, I say this, the more you are broken, the more you are loved by God. The more you sense your need for him and his grace, the more you will be filled with him and his grace. The more you are aware of the mourning over your sin, the more you are aware of the grace and the love of God. Again, the sinful woman, Luke 7, she is weeping and weeping and washing the feet of Jesus with her tears and her hair. What's happening right there? Deep mourning over sin, deep rejoicing in the forgiveness of her savior. See that? That's the beauty of blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. The more you, I will never feel more fulfilled and happy when I'm most broken in myself, feeling the flood of the grace and the love of God. There's no place I'd rather be when it's all said and done than a puddle of mush and a mess in my sin, knowing the love of God is washing and washing and washing. There's no place I'd rather be. It is absolutely awesome and incredible because it is the ways of the Lord. It is the ways of blessing. Remember, remember, God's power is made perfect in weakness. Acts chapter three, verse 20. The command goes out, repent and turn again. Listen to this, listen to this for someone here. Repent and turn from your sin that your sin may be blotted out that times of refreshing might come from the presence of the Lord. You see, you see, it's repentance and a turning from sin that invites the refreshment and the presence of God himself. May I boldly suggest this is why that so much of the church in our nation is so weak and without power? Because there's no true mourning over sin. There's so much fluff. There's so much superficial behavior. There's so much, let's just make our lives happier the way we decide. That is running rampant through the church. And it is, it is, it is a horrific, grievous to God. Because Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn. If, if we don't mourn, we will not be truly comforted. We will not know God's power. We will not fully know his grace. See, this is the power of weakness. Do you see do you see how powerful the Beatitudes can become if you let them in your life? You're starting to see how backwards our thinking can become. And even as you leave here today, you'll be tempted to move in directions opposite to this. Get this in your heart. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. So there's a mourning over personal sin. And then there's this. There's a mourning over public sin. Uh, point 1B, um, over public sin. And what I mean by this is uh, a mourning over sin of the people, uh, a mourning over the sin of the world, 
This type of mourning is very necessary. Here's a question. Do you mourn? Um, do you truly mourn over the state of our nation? Do you truly mourn at the reality of evil that is all around us? We should, but we often don't. Think of all the times in Scripture, the anger or the mourning of sin, Moses coming down with the Ten Commandments, smashing them on the ground as he sees the sight of the golden calf. Thanks for listening to Live in the Light today. If you'd like to hear this message again or any messages in this series, visit us online at liveinthelight.ca. You can also write us at any time in Canada at 500 Great Lakes Boulevard, Oakville, Ontario, Canada, L6L6X9. Live in the Light exists to see radical transformation in God's people through the revelation of God's truth. We believe that through the faithful and passionate preaching of God's word, disciples will be made and the church will be strengthened. Our prayer is as people are impacted by Live in the Light, they will be renewed in mind, reinforced in faith, and resolved in will to live in Jesus Christ. That's all for today. Join us next time at Live in the Light.